0: Welcome to the B two B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B two B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Sheeran. My guest is David Howard, VP of Marketing at Buzzboard. David, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Jeremy. So, um, tell us a little bit about Buzzboard. What you guys are all about? Sure.
1: We have what we believe is the world's biggest, bestest database on small to mid-sized businesses. So, we offer data to other companies who wish to sell or market into small business and among that data get the typical stuff the you know firmographics company size employees technographics what technology do they use but the value i'd really offer is the thousands of additional digital signals we call those digiographics that are also indicative of characteristics of the companies A you know, common example that resonates really well right now in this moment is you know did they get a ppp loan right? Mm-hmm. It's good example of a, of a data signal that some of our customers are interested in knowing about their small business. But then it goes on from there. Are they hiring? Do they have Yelp reviews? Are they spending money on Facebook? Are they spending money on Google AdWords? And, you know, we don't have time to go through all the thousands of, of signals, but that's that's the sort of thing that we offer
0: beyond just basic firmographic and technographic data. Mm-hmm. And before we jump into our main topic, enthrall us with something valuable that you've learned over the past month or year or even just something from your career that you've like really sticks with you.
1: Just earlier this morning, prior to this, I was um, on a roundtable session about sales, marketing, strategy and operations. And this is through a SaaS cloud association at a virtual event. And I mean, the operations piece, it doesn't matter whether you have sales or marketing or in this case, we're talking about partnership. I mean, the operations piece is so, so important for any of these disciplines right? So you can, you know, got a great sales leader, got a great marketing leader. They do great marketing great marketing ideas. But to really scale, I mean, you need to have your operations down. And what is operations? It's how stuff gets done from day to day. So I think that's that's the biggest thing for me is how you get stuff done within your functional department, marketing, sales, whatever it is, that's core to your success. doesn't matter how great
0: your next campaign idea is. If you can't get stuff done to support that, it doesn't matter. I can't help but agree with that. <laughs> if If you value actually getting stuff done, Right. You have to have the processes in place to to make it work for sure.
1: Clearly it's it's an arguable when you name it, but I think it's sort of people don't think about it in the heat of battle day to day. They don't consciously think about like, is my operations process solid.
0: Now our topic for this interview is something that you mentioned when we talked a week or so ago, and you said that content is really central and that you look at content as a growth engine. And I thought that was a really interesting phrase, and and that's really what I wanna talk about, this concept of content as a growth engine. And I'll start just by simply asking what you mean by that. I'm not gonna claim credit
1: for framing it in those words, because that credit goes to the folks at Winning by Design, their consultancy here in the Valley. They're really great programs. One program is revenue architecture for SaaS companies. And I mean, honestly, a lot of what they present in these programs, it's not necessarily new or profound, but what they've done is really packaged it and deliver it in a profound way. A way to think about how do you use science and mathematics to not just grow revenue, but actually architect your whole business model and how you bring revenue into the business and how you grow it. So that, that's really what they're about. And I think we hear content as a growth lecture. Well, of course it is. But what Winning by Design has done is they've boiled it down. And I think I shared the chart with you at the time. They said, depending on where you are on this chart, number of transactions, number of deals you do in a year, average contract value. Depending on where you land in that constellation, in that chart, high number of deals, low value, you're probably like a product-led growth offering. If you're at the other side, high contract value, you know, seven-figure deals over several years and fewer of those, you're in a different model, which is more about relationship selling. But when you're in the middle where your contract value is measured tens of thousands of dollars and, you know, you're doing dozens or hundreds of those deals in a year, not thousands, not thousand PLG, 2K deals. Um, when you're in that middle space, their recommendation is think about content as your growth engine. That's really what it is. And again, it's like something new. Of course, we all have content marketing, but when you you get into the revenue architecture model, into their teaching and their framework, and they say, content is your growth engine because you fit here. And again, for SaaS companies, so is content the growth engine for somebody who opens a pizzeria on the corner? Probably not. Mm-hmm. So, this is all framed within, in the SaaS world. SaaS startups are splitting product categories. They have something new to offer. It's an educational experience. And you know this, I'm sure, we often talk about content being educational, right? It's thought leadership. We have to educate them. Whatever they're doing before is the worst thing in the world. What we're doing and offering now, best thing in the world. So you have to convince them of that. Well, how do you do it? Well, you do it with content. Well, what is content? Content is, it's a white paper. It's an ebook. It's a webinar. It's a YouTube video. It's a dinner for select guests. It's a trade show. It's a virtual trade show, like the one I was on an hour ago content manifests in all these different ways. So whatever the content vehicle is, it's a delivery vehicle to communicate a message and your viewpoint and philosophy. And, you know, if it's more philosophical, we call that thought leadership. But the vehicle is the way that you communicate your message and your thinking to your prospect to win them over to your side, to enroll them in your philosophy, your story, whatever your picture, get them to buy the product ultimately. And when you are like so many SaaS startups are doing is breaking new ground. That's what you have to do because you have to convince them that old way you're doing it, get rid of it, come do the new way. Case studies are content, right? Don't take my word for it. I've got this great case study of another customer who looks a lot like you. Look at their return on investment after they spent money with us. ROI calculators on the website, command, plug, in some values hit, and then it tells you, you know, your estimated total cost of ownership, ROI, whatever it is, that's all content for most SaaS companies who are almost always breaking new ground, splitting product categories in a really educational modality of winning over customers and expressing thought leadership, it's content is a delivery vehicle. You know, I've got this great idea. Is that a blog post? Is it a white paper? Oh, it's too short for a white paper, but maybe it's an infographic or maybe it's a blog post. So content is the mechanism that you're conveying all of that to your audience. And when we say that content is a growth engine, we mean content is the core of what engages people. So how does that trickle out? Maybe content's a webinar that somebody attends the webinar and they consume that. And that's great. Maybe content is the free trial page on your website. You've gotten them to the free trial page and you've enrolled them. Or maybe content is the um, request to demo page on your website, right? It's not content for content's sake. You are communicating a message and rolling them in your vision for their future. And then you're getting them to give up some information, email, phone number, name, so you can have a dialogue with them. Tell me what the problems and challenges are you facing and I'll see if my product can help respond to those. That's how content is the growth engine. You're not just populating the website full of content and sending emails. Obviously, you're doing it to engage with prospects, get them in, you know, the old model, get them in the top of the funnel, new revenue architecture inside of the bow tie through the funnel. All this content to get people engaged, to start a conversation. Can I help you solve a challenge with my product and offering? That's what it means. And,
0: And content is the core element of it. And this concept is really kind of come into into fruition kind of slowly over the last decade or so since the latest version of the internet, right? Just given that everyone is online and able to search for any kind of information.
1: Right. The customer buying journey has irrevocably changed. Back in the old days, before marketing automation systems, you basically had to go to somebody and buy advertising because they had your audience. The marketing automation, what you're doing now is you're taking the audience and you're gathering it back in. And now I'm direct marketing to them. I'm direct advertising to them. So, right? so that's changed. What's changed is the internet. People can do so much research, you know, go to G2 Crowd and compare products or Captera, compare features and so on. So much research is available from one way or another, including your own website, before they even engage, right? It's the classic, I'm walking down the street near the car dealership. You know, as soon as I step off the sidewalk onto the lot. Somebody's running over. What can I get you to do to buy a car today is the line. How do I get you to buy a new car today, right? So folks are spending a lot more time on the sidewalk, walking around and around and around and around the dealership, eyeing that beautiful new red sports car before they step on. And by the time they step on, it's like they know what your MRSRP is. They know what the features are. They know the detail kits and everything. Absolutely. Different worlds. And we can go on, right? Digital advertising changed everything. Marketing automation changed things. CRM, telephony has changed.
0: Let's talk about an example or two of how you guys put this into practice, how you use content as a growth engine. I know there's one example that that we talked about when we talked about before a report that you guys produced.
1: We work with an affinity group, Modern Sales Pros. And that affinity group draws folks who are in, in our target audience, revenue leaders, marketing leaders. I also work with another group, marketing operations, because folks who work in demand general marketing operations, those folks are within our target audience too. So with Modern Sales Pros, for the second year in a row now, we have established and conducted a survey primarily through their audience. And we survey them. So we, we, offer, um, we offer data on small business for people to... Update their CRM. Take our data, enrich all your data in your Salesforce CRM and your Zoho and your Sugar, whatever helps it is. So our data ultimately gets in the CRM of our customers. So with Modern Sales Pros, we survey that community and we have it's about a dozen questions. Tell me about your CRM. Are you happy with the data? Is it complete? What data do you wish you had? That you you know you wish you had intent data. You don't have intent data. What sort of problems are you seeing? I'm seeing you know you low conversion rates. Should we ask a dozen or so questions? And we capture the responses. And that's the basis for the content, right? Every piece of content, point of origin, starts with a blank page. So the survey results is the start. And from that, then we can start writing on the blank page. So then we crunch the data from the spreadsheet. So we look at the absolute questions. 20% said, because they don't have good data, they have poor conversion rates. 30% said they lose revenue because of that. So we do all that. And then we take and we start intersecting data. You know, for the folks that say they don't have buyer need data... Let's intersect those folks with people who say they have poor conversion rates. And so then we're looking for correlations. Oh, this is very interesting. So many people who don't have buyer need data also report they have poor conversion rates and feel that their data causes them to lose opportunities. So now we intersect that through a pivot table to produce a graph. And now you've got a bit of content or you've got half a page of content, right? And then you put the area work on that. So that's the exercise, you know, that we're under right now. Uh, we're just coming up on the first draft of the report. We're going to have it back out to community pretty soon. And so then once, once it's all complete, then we take it back out to the community. We say, hey, modern sales pros and all you great folks out there, you participate in our survey. Thank you for that. That's great. We love you. And we promise to get the aggregate results back to you so you can start to compare your own experience with what your peers are telling you. And so you can have learnings. So we started with nothing then we say, let's do a survey. We're going to survey an audience. And when you do that, you are going to have, I mean, surveys are great. I mean, I've always loved surveys because it's absolutely original content. We're going to go out and survey this community. We're going to structure the survey. We're going to crunch the data. We're going to give the report. We're going to produce the report. We're going to give the report back to the community. But then we're not doing that just because we like to produce PDF files. We're doing that because we're going to then do a content marketing with that content. All the people, the advertisers used to reach for us, we pulled them back in. We got our arms around them now and our marketing automation platform and our CRM. Now we're going to push that piece of content out to our community and say, wouldn't you love to read this? It's behind a form, right? Form fill, email address, name, all that sort of stuff. So they get the content and then they can consume it. And then we look at that and we say, great, we got a form fill. So those people are engaged at some level. And then, you know, I won't go into like... How many white papers they have to download and then they get scored and then they're a marketing qualified lead and they get sales. All that stuff happens, of course. But again, that's the whole, that's why we produce the content because that's what we're trying to do, right? But on the content side, so now we've got this great asset, right? Looks slick. It's produced, you know, 26 page report on the survey, hard hitting, great charts, great data. So sure, we do email marketing. Then we'll take that same report. And we'll create more content right and this this is how you maximize content right and some people say you're going to shatter content some people say you know the three r's you know repurpose reuse recycle all that stuff this is research to maximize so now we got this report and it's a report on what it's a report on a research endeavor so those of you in your audience who are familiar with the gartners and the foresters of the world they know what that research rollout typically looks like gartner completes a piece of research they want to sell the the research for six thousand dollars a report or it goes into their subscription programs and then they'll do like a press release and announcement. Finish this research report. Here it is, and some tantalizing tidbits. Here's the link to go buy the whole report. Then they'll schedule a webinar. John Doe, the senior analyst, shepherd of this research report, is going to do a webinar. Going to take you through the highlights. You don't get the whole report. We're going to take you through the highlights again. Why? Because. They want you to consume the report and they want everybody to know what great stuff they have. So that's what we're doing with this webinar readout with modern sales pros is that model. So we did the research. We have unique content. We have unique research. Nobody else has. We're going to give it back to the community and then we're going to push it out to the community and say, here's some tantalizing tidbits. You get to ask questions, get more engagement. And that's another completed piece of content right there in that webinar. And then we're going to record the webinar because... We want to reuse it, repurpose. Now we've got two great pieces of content, recorded web, well, three, arguably the live webinar was one, the asset was another one, recorded webinar is a third piece of content. Now what else can we do? Well, what if we produced a few infographics? They could be super long infographics. We do this thing, I call it a key data card. It's a really short infographic, like 600 wide by 300, you know, just one kind of HTML email width. And we'll find like the most compelling, interesting piece of data that is relevant. And we'll stick that data and that number in the middle of the key data card. We'll wrap a little bit of text around it. And then our SDRs or sales reps have this little image. They can send an email to somebody to say, hey, I just want to touch base, haven't connected. Have a look at this interesting data point that you might not know about. And they put the image in. So now it's an excuse to have a conversation or it's a prop to have a conversation. Oh, really? That's really is interesting. What? Where's, tell me about that data. How do I find out more? Is there, is there a bigger report? So now I've got four pieces of content. Now we can take that report and we can do an abridged summary, an exact summary of the report. We've got a blog post. So, you know, 600 700-word blog post that summarizes the report, talks about how we got to where we are with the report. Here's a link. Go download it. Please give us your email address to download it. But here's a few tantalizing tidbits of that. So now you've got a, are we at five pieces of content now from one research effort. You know, who knows what we'll do next? You know, in the past, I mean, we've had a steady, steady cadence of webinars. That webinar is a piece of content. is where you shatter content, right? Very simple editing tools will let you strip that audio off the webinar. Now you've got an MP3 file. Well, you push that into your podcast. So now you can start promoting a podcast to your audience. And after you have a dozen, and of course, you need a cadence, right? You need a cadence. But after you have a dozen uh, recorded episodes of your podcast, now you've actually got something of substance there. And that's always interesting to me. We just don't know how people like to integrate information. Some people integrate information visually by watching a video. Some people integrate information by reading. Some people want to hear it, so they like the podcast. Some people uh, want to integrate information by hearing word of mouth. And my reference point for this always, and you know, we just had uh, the midterm elections here, think about a political campaign season. You know, like you come home, you open your mailbox, you've got your postcard mailer for your favorite candidate. And then you go in and you turn on your phone and you open up Twitter, you see a Twitter ad for your favorite candidate, right? And then you go on YouTube and you watch some YouTube videos, you see a video ad for your favorite candidate. So what is that about? It's about reaching people, multiple channels, right? Just saturation. I'm going to saturate every channel. But it's also about reaching people because some people don't always integrate information the same way. So you have to offer information in different ways because at any given moment, for all I know, Jeremy, maybe I'd be better with you. I don't know who you are. Maybe you'd, you'd be better at integrating information if I wrote it on a whiteboard behind me, right? But, but I don't know. So I have to offer it every different way because at any given interaction, I don't know if Jeremy listens better or if he watches better or if he reads better. So I have to offer it up different ways. And then my audience is going to select which way they want to integrate and consume the information.
0: There's a lot to take from that. I mean, one thing, one thing that I take away And I want to call this out because I think it's really important is, you know, you're not talking about just any run of the mill piece of content. You're talking about an original report that you guys put together, chock full of original research. I think that's really important, right? Because and I think this often gets overlooked that a big piece of content marketing or whether you succeed with it is the quality of the content that you put out there. And there's a lot of content that's just not that compelling right? I mean, I feel like I spend a lot of time on somewhere like LinkedIn or just various blogs and reading content that's okay, but it's the same thing I've seen all over the place, you know? It's nothing that's making me stop in my tracks and go like, whoa, that's, hmm, okay, I need to keep reading this or I need more of this kind of thing. And so it sounds like part of your strategy too is creating really high quality content of the kind that takes some real time and effort to put together yeah now is every single piece of
1: content we produce so lovingly handcrafted from scratch to a research project to finish part no of course we we have other things which you know are at the other end of the spectrum but the point is you need a mix for sure Surveys are great source because it's almost, you know, it's always going to be original content. You can do a lot with it. And you get to engage with your audience so many times. You get to engage with them on the survey, which is a really safe way to engage with them. And then you get to give something back to them. Thank you for participating in the survey. Let me share this back with you as an appreciation. And then for us, you know, the survey data also informs us internally. We don't just turn it around and push it back out to the audience. We also study that what are the insights that we can leverage from this research project to help drive our business. And again, if we kind of go back to where we started, technology companies, there's technology startups or young technology companies, innovative companies, by definition, they're splitting product categories. They're creating something new and there's always competition, right? How many entrepreneurs? I've got the best thing. There's no competition. Well, the competition is whatever they're doing today, right? The competition is stagnation and status quo. There's always competition. So if you are introducing new technology, new business models, new processes, You have to compel them to stop doing the old way and do your way, your own way, the new way. And a big part of it is education. Here's why. Let me show you. Somebody else took a chance on us and they saw 10 times ROI. And they look a lot like you. So wouldn't you like to have that 10 times ROI? We believe this is true. We believe that SaaS companies have a lot of dirty data that needs to be cleaned up. And we proved it because we did the survey where people told us that. Don't just take our word for it. Or it's, you know, this is not so much on the original start from blank research project, or it's, um, let me just give you like a four or five page white paper, which outlines our philosophy about this topic. Or let's just, let's just, you know, two pages tell you about our technology, because at some point you're, you, you, you want that. You maybe you to kind of start there. If you like the research project that we did, you like that report, and then you learn about us and you're compelled to talk to us because you think we might have a solution, then you're going to get to that other piece of content, which is the two or three pages that shows you under the hood how our technology works that's the other thing is the content needs you know you need to have a map to service all different points of the funnel and uh you know i've done those exercises too you know the the matrix right what part in the funnel and what format is it and well this is a video and that's for awareness but it's not going to help close the deal but this case study down here at the end of funnel that's intended to close the deal right So you need all different types of content. You need to do that matricing. What's the format? What's what's the content of the content? And what part of the funnel does it speak to? You need to service all that. And if you do that exercise, go through an asset inventory, every single asset, every single format, and you map it all out, then you've got a matrix, a bunch of cells. You've got a bunch of holes. It's like, wow, I really need to do a piece of content right here because I don't have anything for awareness on this product at this stage.
0: You know, this this is a great example of something that we talked about. We were talking with a guy and he described his approach to content marketing as going big to go small, which I think in another way is sort of what you're describing. And, And he also described a kind of big project that they put a lot of time and effort into. And then out of that spun out a ton of smaller pieces of content. But he saw the value there and that as opposed to writing 10 different blog posts and then kind of finding a way to mush them all together and create something bigger, which may or may not hold together. He's saying, no, no, start with like, I think for them, it was like a big online conference or something they recorded and, and like carefully planned and then broke that down into all kinds of smaller pieces of content. And it sounds like you guys have clearly done something very similar with this original research that you produced. And part of the value there is not only are you getting a large volume of content from it, but that it's all sort of of a piece. There's like a coherence to it and a cohesion to it that can be a lot harder to get if you're just sort of doing one thing at a time and thinking in smaller ways, right? If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So the, the one thing at a time, I mean, it's almost like forward planning or backward planning. The one thing at a time, small, going small and staying small is sort of like forward planning. I need a blog post this week. Now that's done, Now I need a blog post this week. And now after four weeks, do any of them have any cohesion, right? <laughs> big to go small or backward planning modality is, I've got a big project, I know it's gonna take me time. This research project unfolds over several months, right? From conception to drafting the questions, to surveying, to prompting people to survey, to concluding the to compiling the results, right? That's over several months. And we're even getting more out of it because we get all the survey respondents uh, we had some interns come in there with us through the summer. And so I test one of the interns is identify some people that look most likely, get them on a Zoom interview and ask them to expand and ask some more questions and get them to share mm-hmm. more about what they see about their CRM that wasn't in our survey question. Now we're looking to see, well, can we go small with that? Now we've got, you know, a handful of the videos we can put up on YouTube, short snippets, right? And we all have short attention spans now, right? The attention span of that. So it can't be longer than a minute or two. And short snippets that people can just click, click, click. And yeah, it's all in keeping and of a piece with that broader research project. What's the state of CRM for SaaS companies? And then again, what is marketing, right? Consistency, 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 right? Yeah. The old standby rule, a person needs to hear a message three times that it's going to to land and have any impact. So you have to say the same message consistently. So that's one axis. And then you have to deliver the same message on another axis. Some people want it in video, some people want it in a white paper. So that big to go small, absolutely, right? That That's the output of it. You've got lots of those cells on your matrix filled because you've got the webinar snippets, the white paper, the infographic, the key data card, the blog post, and they're all of a piece. They're all reinforcing the same message. And you don't get that if you stumble from one teeny tiny piece of content to the next. Not that you can't do that. And so I've done that, right? It's like, hey, we need an asset. Well, let's go through all our blog posts and so we'll try to find three or four that we can, you know, we'll call it an e an ebook, right? Or a, uh, or a compendium, right? We're going to repurpose those blog posts to make a compendium. And that's a perfectly valid thing to do. That meets a certain need and a certain style
0: of content, but it's not the big to go small, overarching all of one piece project. Right, and arguably not as efficient a way to, to go about the whole thing.
1: It could be efficient in the sense of, I need a blog post on this topic right now, and two days later, I've got it. But it's not efficient in the grander sense of the overall conclusion. Do you have everything you need, all the different formats, modalities, consistent message?
0: Well, there's so much more we could talk about. I think there's sort of, the, the, this is a, a broad conversation, so much more to say, but David, I'll, uh, I've i taken enough of your time. So I just want to thank you for a great conversation. Really, really interesting. Um, I'm much appreciative. I could talk for a long time and I honestly, I just lost track of time. You just get me going. <laughs> well, those those are the best conversations. You just get in the flow, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Great. Thanks, Jeremy that's it for this episode of the b2b content show you can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app and while you're at it you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast if you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest let us know you can contact me at jeremy at that's c-o-n-n versa.com